as Matt has kind of alluded to, our, our topic today is going to be on reputation and more specifically on a Christian's reputation. And this has been, I guess you say, I, I think about this topic a lot. So, uh, you know, just now I'm having a sermon on it. But it's one of these topics that, you know, we can, we can talk about subjects that we can clearly say something is right, something is wrong. We could probably write a list of stuff that says, well, I shouldn't do this or I should do this. But when we get into this idea of a reputation, I think it, it involves a little bit of logic. It involves a little bit of thinking uh, for us. And it is an important issue because, you know, our reputation involves not just a reputation towards God, also involves to other Christians and even to those that are unbelievers as, as well. And what we do can affect our reputation with, of course, it can affect our relationship with God, but also it can affect our reputation and relationship amongst other Christians and unbelievers as well. And so this topic is very important uh, to us. I believe that's very important to us to, uh, you know, how our reputation can affect those within and without the kingdom of Christ. In Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 1, it says, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. And so what we, what we see here is the writer clearly says that, you know, he says a good name is better than great riches. I think about a lot of times that we have, there's a lot of people in this world that are very wealthy, very rich. And something happens, you, I think about Hollywood actors or politicians, something happens and their reputation is tarnished. And it doesn't matter what they do, doesn't matter what good that they do, they're always going to be known for that one bad thing that they did. That, that one activity is going to cause, uh, they're always fighting that reputation. And also, we have to understand that a good name, it, it can't be bought. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are. You can't just decide one day that I'm just going to try to, try to build a good reputation for myself be, uh, because of my wealth. And so it, it creates great, it causes us to, uh, it, it takes, it's something that takes a lot of work with, within us in which we're always uh, striving to have that good name, that good report amongst those that are outside. And again, there are some things that we can, we, can, uh, we can decide whether they're right or wrong pretty easily. But we have to understand that Christianity is much more than a checklist of do's and don'ts. And specifically with this topic, I think there's something which there, we have to use a little bit of discernment. That there are going to be situations in which I have to think long and hard about, well, how does this affect my reputation among my brethren? How is this, if somebody out in the world sees me doing this, how is it going to affect my reputation amongst them? It's something that requires a lot of thought. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14 says, But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And so this, again, for us, uh, to be able to discern both good and evil, it says that who by reason of use have their senses exercised. So they're working on this. This is something that's not just something that you acquire immediately. It requires experience in order to be able to, to discern this good and evil on certain occasions. And, uh, you know, 
this is something that we do on a quite a regular basis. I think about one particular verse. I think about a lot is Second Timothy in chapter Second uh, Timothy chapter two, I believe it's in verse twenty-two. It talks about fleeing youthful lust, and uh, oftentimes I catch myself wondering about something, whether or not I should do something, whether or not I should involve myself in something. It's am I fleeing youthful lust in doing this? And uh, it is something that, and it, and it goes beyond this, whether or not I'm following the technicality of whether or not what I'm doing is particularly sinful, but am I fleeing that sinful activity? And so again, this is something that we all should be familiar with. There's, there's some things that are beyond uh, just thinking about whether or not something is technically right or wrong. We have to judge uh, what other people think about it. How is this going to harm my reputation? Am I fully, fully following the intent of the passages that we'll see later on? Now, when we think about reputation defined, there are two words that are mainly used. And uh, usually, the New King James will define it or they will translate it as reputation. Sometimes in the Old King James, you'll see it as a good report or a good name. And... Uh, we see these two definitions here, and, it's, and f- the first one says to be a witness, that is testify, charge, give, bear record, be well reported of, so on and so forth. And the second one is pretty much to think, by implication, to seem. And uh, so we can kind of see that this, it makes it clear that, uh, that our reputation is kind of a witness of us, what people think about us, what, what, what do I seem uh, to other people, that when I think about Robert or I think about Stephen, what are the things that come to mind? Do I think about th- these are these are godly men, or these men got you know maybe I think well these these you know they got a lot of work to do, they got a lot of growth to do. I'm not saying that, but we can see that this is something that uh, it's really what other people believe of us and those who have a good reputation in the, in the eyes of a person going to be held of a high regard, and of course, vice versa as well. And so what should be the Christian's reputation? You know, what should, what should the world think about when they view us? In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16, it says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify God in heaven. I want to pay, pay particular attention to verse 16. It says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I was thinking about this last night that we see, he says, when people see your good works, they should glorify your Father in heaven. Now, and I don't haven't really put it together, but you know, I was thinking last night that there is a reaction when somebody sees your good works. And what Christ, what we kind of can imply here is that Christ realizes when somebody sees what you're doing, it causes a reaction in them. And, you know, I think about sometimes in many cases, I think, well, what somebody sees me doing, that really doesn't matter because they're still going to be held responsible for their own actions. And that's true. But what we also have to understand is when somebody sees me and I call myself a Christian, and I'm going about doing something that's sinful, there's a reaction that somebody 
that there's there's a, there's something that somebody thinks about. Said, man, that person is a hypocrite. He shouldn't he shouldn't be doing those things. And uh, Christ here says that I'm supposed to have that I'm supposed to act in a certain way that when somebody sees my good works, when they see what I'm doing, they glorify the Father in heaven. That they, that they that they immediately start thinking about God. They immediately start thinking about spiritual things. And uh, you know, I think about one particular example that. In specific, I had a, uh, there was a situation. It was a few years back when somebody asked me if I drank alcohol or something like that, and they were like, "Well, you know," I said, "No," and they were like, "Man, that's good." And uh, it's immediately like they just assume that you, you being a young person that you drink alcohol that it's uh, that's that's just a gift. But yet, when they realize that you don't do that there's a reaction there they think man that's really good there's something unusual that even though they think that you're supposed to be doing that they immediately have a reaction a very positive to re- reaction to that and you know again this is what we're supposed to act act like that they're acting in such a way that people immediately start thinking about God that they're going to glorify their father in heaven also, Colossians chapter 4 and verse 5, it says, Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. And so, of course, our reputation should be highly guarded amongst those who are outside, those that are unbelievers. And, you know, again, when, we have to, when it tells us to walk in wisdom towards those outside, that means we, have to, we really have to think about what we're doing. Uh, what does... You know, me walking into this particular store say about me, if a non-Christian sees me walking into the store or another Christian sees me walking into the store, what are they going to think about that? What, what will people think about my clothes? What about that Facebook post I put up a few minutes ago? What are people going to think about that? What about that movie I go to watch or I tell people that I'm watching? What about the music that I'm listening to? What is all those things going to say about me when... Other, when other people see me engaging in that activity. And we have to remember that we are always representatives of Christ 24-7. We never have any off days. We're a Christian. We're always on duty. We're always a soldier for Christ. That means we never have a vacation. And if we're always representatives of Christ, we should always act in that manner as well. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 12, it says, Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Now Peter's saying, he, he says, well, the Gentiles, is, they're probably going to speak evil against you as, speak against you as evildoers. But again, it's the same thing that Jesus says. It says, by your good works which they observe, they glorify God in the day of visitation. They may speak evil against you, but they cannot deny the good that you are doing. That the way you're acting is, is, is something that can't be spoken evil against. And also, he talks about having this idea of having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. And... You know, again, it's important that we be aware of what what is honorable among Gentiles. You know, what was honorable among the Gentiles may not be particularly honorable among the Jews. And, of course, I'm not talking about things that are explicitly sinful. I'm talking about this idea or this realm of opinions or scruples. That there are some things that may just be frowned upon in some areas of the country. If I go to Missouri, 
there may be some things that I probably shouldn't say or something do. And of course, the flip side of that as well, that I have to be aware of what's going on around me and that there are some things that I may I may need to avoid in order to maintain this maintain this uh, honorable conduct amongst other peoples. And so, again, this this idea of reputation that goes beyond what am I doing something that is, you know, explicitly simple or I'm not doing something that's explicitly simple. Some things that may fall into this realm of opinions and I have to be very careful about how I'm conducting myself. And it really what it means is I have to, you know, just get out and about and just kind of know the culture that I'm that I am uh, in, 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 well, inside of, I guess, that, uh, and I have to be aware about what others, others' cultures are as well. First Timothy in chapter 3 and verse 7, this is in the context of an elder, but I think it's, I think we can, I think I can make a point here. And one of the qualifications of that, he says, moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. And, you know, we think about this for a moment. How does he get a good testimony if he's never around? If he's, you know, if he's, if he's got a job in which he may have a house in Columbus, Mississippi, but he's always in New York all the time. How does he have a good testimony among those who are outside? How does he have a good testimony among those in Columbus, Mississippi? If he's always living under a rock somewhere, he can't, how does he get a good testimony? And uh, I think what we, can, what we can see is for him to be, to have a good testimony among those who are outside, he has to involve himself to a certain degree amongst those. And it doesn't mean that you're going around participating in sinful activities, but you are, there is balance here. That we can't have fellowship with the works of darkness, but we have to be, there has to be some uh, degree of involvement amongst those who are outside. And for us to have a good testimony of good reputation amongst those who are outside as well as Christians, I think we can logically conclude that we have to be involved to a certain degree with the community as well. That it doesn't mean that we just hold ourselves up in, in our part of in our house and we never go outside and we never participate in anything at all. But we have to be involved. In 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 14, it says this is uh, after David sinned with uh, Bathsheba. It says, however, by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme the child also who is born to you shall surely die. And um, we see also Romans chapter 2 and verse 24 says, For the name of the Lord, for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, as it is written. And, you know, I've I noticed that there are people out in this world that they are just looking for their enemy or the people that they don't like just to mess up. And they're, man, we got you now. We're going to post this. We're going to put this on blast 24-7. We're going to be, this is some ammunition for us in order to speak evil against you, speak evil against your religion, speak evil against your political views, whatever. But we see with David's sin here that because he had done this deed, it says he had given occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. You know, I, you know, I kind of think about this situation, and they're like, you know, this enemy may see David doing this, and it's, well, 
Look at this. This David, who's this great follower of God, is not even following the law of God. That he's, he's doing something that possibly even Gentiles wouldn't involve themselves in. And he caught, he's allowing these people to be able to blaspheme. And also in Romans chapter 2, the Jews were, were causing the name, of God, the name of God to be blasphemed among the Gentiles. That what they were doing, they were, following, they were acting like they were, they were teachers of the law, but they weren't following the law. And of course, again, we can see that today. That we as Christians, if we uh, act in an ungodly manner, what does the unbeliever say? Well, they're just hypocrites. You know, they, and, and of course, many times this, that charge is exaggerated and uh, may be hypocritical in themselves. But again, we have to understand that what we do, if we act in an ungodly manner, it's going to cause, it's going to give people the ammunition to blaspheme God and to either, and to possibly speak evil of, of the church as well. And so we have to be completely aware that we do whatever we can to refrain from those sinful activities and refrain from things that may cause our reputation to be tarnished or questioned as well. Now, when we, when we think about this idea of a re- Christian's reputation, one of, the media, one of the things I immediately thought of is we have to have a good reputation, but in some sense there's, there are ways in which a Christian can't really have a good reputation amongst unbelievers or it's very hard to have a good reputation amongst unbelievers. In 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 14 it says, If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is blasphemed but on your part he is glorified. And so Peter's saying that he says, if you're reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. So these people are getting uh, uh, rebuked, criticized, reproached for the name of Christ. And he says, blessed are you. You should be joyful about those things. It's for the spirit of glory and, the, and of God rest upon you. And again, on his part is blaspheming, but on your part he is glorified. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12, Paul says, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So Paul's pretty clear. If you're a Christian... You're living godly. At some point, you're going to face persecution. And uh, so there is balance with uh, this idea of our reputation that we can't, we can't compromise the gospel. We can't compromise the truth of God's words. But as we are able, if, you know, if, if, you know, as we are able by continuing to do our good works, there are some things which they cannot deny that we may be uh, spoken evil of because of our beliefs, but we continue doing our good works. And, uh, you know, that's just something that we are going to have to live with, that there are going to be certain degrees in which people just won't like us because of our beliefs. And, uh, but we have to keep on going. And, you know, again, with this idea of reputation, specifically, you know, you think about this idea of having, of an elder having a good reputation among those who are outside. You start thinking about, well, what, you know, this idea of a good reputation is necess- not necessarily with he's always speaking truth and these people don't like him because he's speaking truth. But, uh, you know, again, we, uh, we have to find this balance that when, when we're talking about this idea of having these good works or he's not engaging in these sinful activities in which people uh, cannot deny. All right, so I have 
uh, and I hope I hope y'all learned uh, or or or, or caused some of you to think about this idea of of a reputation. But I have some questions for probably everybody in this room in regards to our reputation amongst others and maybe some ways for us to grow in that or to gain a better reputation. For example, uh, parents, what does your children think of you? Do they think of you as a godly example? Do they think of you as somebody that demands obedience of them? Or do they think of you as somebody who's like, well, you know, if I say the right things or, uh, you know, maybe uh, I run to one particular parent, I can get my way. That I really don't have to obey in all, uh, in all ways. What do they really think of you? Husbands and wives, what does your spouse think of you and your role in marriage? Is... Uh, for husbands, does your wife think that you are really the head of the household? Do you, does, does she really think you are loving her as uh, as Christ loved the church? Are you or uh, you know, are you applying those proper roles? Are you spending the appropriate amount of time with her? Are you always out and about, gone doing something else? You're always worried about what you want to do and really not attending to her needs as well. And wives. And for wives, are you submitting to your husband as you as you should be, or do you kind of behind the scenes kind of you're you're the one kind of really uh, uh, calling the shots here? For teachers, do you teach and practice truth, and do you do so in a in the correct manner? We see Paul telling Timothy that a, a, a I can't remember but exactly what it says, but it pretty much that the idea of a teacher of the Lord or a teacher, Lord must not uh, must be not quarrel. And uh, do you do so in that right manner? Or are you always trying to uh, start a quarrel, start a fight, start an argument? And for our employees as well, which kind of encompasses almost all of us, does your employee think you're a hard worker? Colossians chapter three and verse twenty-three says, uh, "Do all things heartily as to the Lord and not to men." Are you? Are you one of the best workers when the employee thinks about you? Are they saying, man, he's a hard worker. He's one of the best ones I got. Or are they thinking about, man, he never shows up on time. He's always calling in sick. Every time, every time I see him, he's on a cell phone. What does he really think about you? What does that employee think about you? And I think these are all questions for us that causes us to reevaluate, well, how do, how do people really see me? And how, in which ways can I grow? And so, that's the end of my lesson. I hope it's been useful for, kind of a short lesson, I hope it's been useful for all of you, but when we think about this idea of a reputation, it's not, again, it's not something that we could, it's not a black and white issue. It's not something that can be in all ways clearly defined. We have to think for ourselves. What is the best thing for me to do in this particular situation? Is this going to harm my reputation? Is this going to benefit my reputation? And what ways uh, can I go about improving that reputation? It, it, for example, if I'm an employee and, and I'm one of the, and my employer thinks is there's, that I'm not a very good employee, well, there's changes to be made for teachers as well. If people think that I'm not preaching truth or teaching truth, well, there's definitely, you better be checking up on yourself in that instance. And uh, for uh, the parents, 
the husbands and wives, there's always room uh, f for you to reevaluate yourself. Are you really doing what you are being commanded to do? Does your spouse think of you that you are really the head of household or, 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 or you are properly submitting as a wife ought to? So, like I said, this really hasn't been a lot of, haven't really talked about uh, the plan of salvation, how to become a Christian. But again, uh, the idea of being a Christian is not something that's really, that's easy. It's, uh, we can see in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 5, I think there's, that, I think it's clear this concept that we have to be thinking about what we're doing, constantly evaluating and examining ourselves to whether or not we are properly following Christ's word. And, uh, and, but if you want to be a Christian, we know of the promises and rewards of that, that we can have that eternal home in heaven with God, that there is whatever we can get ourselves into, uh, we know that we can have a heavenly home with Him. And we know that even if, if our reputation is completely tarnished by what we have done, we can still repent of those sins and have our sins forgiven through Christ and he will still accept us. And uh, so, you know, I hope that you think about these things. If you uh, need uh, to become a Christian, need to be baptized for the remission of sins, we'll certainly love to talk to you about that and get that, uh, get and, and to uh, do those things. But if also you're a Christian and you need the praise of the saints or there's something in your life that needs to be corrected or confessed, we certainly offer this invitation now as we stand and as we sing, Will You Come? <laughs>